0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The Houston Texans. <laughs> These aren't your Houston Texans of the past
1: couple of years. Why are you
0: laughing at me? Am I that funny I, of no, a guy? No, am I a clown? I am it's, I, it's, a I think it's it, how,
1: how, funny, how am I funny to you? Funny how? Funny how? Uh, like a clown? No, I think, I, just, I think I'm being a little disrespectful to our opponents this week. I don't think you should be, though.
0: Well, I don't think they're that great. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. If you're a Houston fan, though, don't you feel better this year than you have in the past since Deshaun Watson's For whole turmoil sure. opened up and you,
1: bit, you tore that team down? You hit yeah, the reset this isn't going to be your year. Next year certainly isn't going to be your year. But at least you can like but you, got you can core. start to say we got yeah. a year, like right. maybe 2025. You got some guys on offense and some defense.
0: Well, let's start. I think the, the big thing that would give you hope if you're the Texans. Is number seven.
1: Yeah. He looks good, dude. I mean, I was watching just named some... off AFC uh, Offensive Rookie of the uh, Month yep. to and open up I the season. I don't see anybody else
0: who would even come close to that. No. I mean, he has thrown for 903 passing yards. Two guys in NFL history have done that in their first three games. Uh,
1: you know them both very it's well. It's Mahomes. Nope. Oh, Mahomes didn't even do that. Oh, you know what? I, Labs was talking about it, and he said he ranked above Mahomes and Andrew Luck. Those are the names. He does. But I don't know the names that he trails. Cam Newton. Okay. Who won an MVP. Wow, Cam threw for that many yards. Cam was, was, um, Cam was yeah, amazing. Yeah, but I mean, for four years. Not like, like through the air his rookie year. Apparently he was. I guess so. And Justin Herbert, who broke the rookie yeah, touchdown passing record Makes season. a lot of sense.
0: MVP in Newton, MVP capable player in Justin Herbert. Harper could win an MVP one day. Maybe. CJ. Get rid of Deuce Daly or Deuce Daly. Deuce, Deuce, Brandon Brandon Staley. Staley. I think Deuce Daly would be a better coach. <laughs> CJ Stroud, he's third on that list. Yeah, and I love that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is the 2026 MVP in the making already, but you can't hit the ground running faster than CJ Stroud mm-hmm. has. And people might say, well, he's probably just chucking the ball all over the barn. And that's why yeah. he gets all these yards. How many interceptions? a zero he has not turned the ball over isn't that insane he is like a hundred and some straight pass attempts i'll look up the exact number here in a second it's the best of any rookie in history of the nfl to start a season without throwing any interceptions and you here we go again then you'd be like okay well let's solve that history that offensive line is probably just dominating right he's got no pressure oh buddy He's been sacked the first two games of the season. We'll throw Jacksonville out. He wasn't sacked against Jacksonville because the Jags forgot they were playing football. (laughs) 11 sacks between the first two games. Over five sacks a game. Yeah. And he still ain't turning the ball over. You don't get poise like that in a rookie quarterback. You don't get poise like that in a second-year quarterback. I think Pickett has some trouble with some poise in the pocket right now, and that's normal for a guy who's only played 16 games. But Stroud already looks better as far as that aspect is concerned. The game doesn't look too fast for him. And his pocket presence is just, it's through the roof. He doesn't bail out on the pocket when he doesn't have to. He manipulates it so well. Uh, he's a quarterback. I mean, they got if I'm Houston, I got myself a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm confident in hitching my wagon to him for the next however long.
1: Yeah, and I think too, Tom, in this evolving era uh, of the NFL, Teams don't have to marry their quarterback, right? It's nice to have a guy for the long term, but we've seen teams like the Texans, where they think they have a guy in Deshaun Watson, and then a couple years later, he's off the team. Uh, Deshaun Watson's situation was a little different compared to others, but, I mean, look at the Arizona Cardinals. They went out and spent, what, the number nine overall pick on Josh Rosen. Very next year, they drafted Kyler Murray number one overall. And now it's been five years, they might draft another quarterback, Caleb Williams, or whoever, number one overall again this year. And they should, by the way. Right, but I don't think that you have to say that CJ Shroud, franchise guy, future of the franchise, future of the logo, just do your best to surround him while he's still young and and uninjured and still showing signs of growth. Yeah, Matt Williams would always has like to say build yeah. a nest
0: for a rookie quarterback. Right, right. And the funny thing is about the Texans is they have built a nest. They've invested a lot into their offensive line. Laramie Tunsil is one of the best left tackles in football. Mm-hmm. They've gone out and gotten Dalton Schultz, a good tight end, a, a well-established tight end in the NFL. Not in that top tier, but maybe in that second or third tier of tight ends to help the rookie quarterback. And they've got three wide receivers in Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Robert Woods that I think Mm -hmm. are really solid for a rookie. Tank Dell, a rookie himself, those two, Stroud and Dell, can kind of grow together. Collins ain't that much older either. Um, So they have built the nest. The problem is four of their five offensive linemen are hurt. So the nest is just on fire. Mm -hmm. Like They've done a good job of trying to incubate this rookie quarterback and make his life easy as possible. But things, as they often do in the NFL, just went upside down on Mm -hmm. them. But I'd be even more encouraged by the fact that things went upside down. The nest is on fire, and he's still thriving. That tells me, like, okay, now I invest in the defense with capital and free agency in the draft class in the next couple of years. I keep beefing up that offensive line, although I think I've got a pretty good one when they're healthy, Mm -hmm. and maybe I add a couple skill position players here or there, and we're off and running with this dude. Like, if he's thriving in chaos... 11 sacks in his first two weeks and still four touchdowns, no interceptions, 903 yards. Imagine what he's going to do when the pocket's clean and when the Texans right. are 10 steps ahead of an opposing defense because they just have the better dudes. So, man, that, there's a lot of encouragement, I think, if you're a Houston fan right mm-hmm. now. And if you're a Steeler fan looking at this game, it's not just a layup. It's not just a cupcake anymore because he is good enough to put points up on the board in the NFL this year, and if you don't take him seriously, like the Jags last week, Stroud will burn you. He's capable of beating you. It ain't like Davis Mills last year where right. oh, you could not. sleepwalk your way through a game against Houston and probably win 20-17. to You'll probably lose 20-17 to now if you sleepwalk your way through a game against C.J. Stroud. And, and, you know, you brought up the point about, you know, franchises, they just throw darts at the board, really, with quarterbacks mm-hmm. like the Cardinals, and they might pick another one in the first round this year. When you look at the Texans, like, they've actually done a really good job recently of hitting on quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson was a hit. Right. He just—I mean, how could you predict what happened to him? Mm-hmm. And now they're only two years removed from moving on from him, and they I think they hit again. So I know they took David Carr, the first overall pick, as a franchise, and he was terrible. Uh, David Carr, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The older brother of mm-hmm. Derek. But once they picked Deshaun Watson, they got their guy— the fact that that blew up in their face and it seems like they've just two years removed picked another guy, they might be on the path of being one of those franchises that has an eye for the quarterback position as opposed to some of these dumpster fires that just pick Sam Darnold and then Zach Wilson and then maybe they'll pick another one this year. You know what I mean? Like, I don't Mm. think you can put Houston. I know they're not world beaters as far as an organization is concerned. They've only been in the league since 2002. But you cannot put them down in the the of the league. The no, they, made the, the league. they, made, they, the they made the playoffs. They have a defensive player. They have a
1: a Hall of Famer, JJ yes. Watt. They have quarterbacks like you mentioned. Uh, yeah, again, if I'm Houston, I'm not looking. For... They had guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Arian Foster. Right. Like, they've had. Dudes. Well, yeah. So that's the weird thing is that like they, bat they 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 fumbled the bag on the Hopkins stuff, right? Like,
0: well, I think that was a lot of it was hand in hand with Deshaun too. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have a quarterback. We're moving on. What can we get? Who can we get the most
1: for? Yeah. Oh, we could get a, a king's ransom for DeAndre Hopkins. Right. I mean, what was interesting, too, was that J.J. Watt, on his many appearances throughout many podcasts this week, was saying, was asked at one point, who are you going to be rooting for, you know, between Houston, your brother Houston. and, well, and he's Houston? he's going
0: into the, I think he's getting
1: honored this oh, week, really? J.J.
0: Watt. let me look that up. And yeah. he
1: said he was, he was, he was, uh... He was torn, which surprised me because you would have guessed by the way Houston handled the DeAndre Hopkins fallout, handled the Deshaun Watson fallout, handled TJ, w- or sorry, JJ Watt leaving for Arizona. You would have guessed that he'd be more loyal to his family, He's but no. He's going in the ring of honor. Wow. Uh, in the game. Is he
0: the first? I don't know, but he, he that's, the... that's hilarious that they decided to schedule it uh, against his brother. Good planning, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm sure TJ, TJ will be, will be there like... and the whole Watt family can be there. Derek can sit in the stands because no one signed him yet. No.
1: But you would have guessed that he would have said, without conf- without you know without debate, I'm going to be rooting for TJ and the Steelers. Because he's also said he likes the Steelers, he likes the city of Pittsburgh, he likes Coach T. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, I- again, I don't think this is the year for Houston. And next year, I think once they arrive next year, let's see how that rookie class goes. Because okay. that's going to be another...
0: Yeah, they got to keep building.
1: I mean, they have... And back-to-back years, will have two what top ten picks?
0: Yes, so they're going to be, they're going to be fine as far as picks. Are concerned. And
1: we know we know the losses on the offensive line. They lost Derek Stingley Jr. for the year uh, to start out, a, a young guy who was their first-round pick two years ago. So you bring him back, you he help keep growing the defense. I just don't see how, with all of this capital, that they could really not build, as you said, build that nest for CJ Stroud.
0: No, I think the Texans are a team on the rise, and I think they've got the right guy at the helm, too. I think D'Amico Ryans is a good coach. Yes. I think that he has very quickly gotten this team to buy in. That's probably one of the hardest things that you need to do as a new head coach. You need to get a grown men getting paid millions of dollars to buy into you, to to follow you into battle, and I think D'Amico is a phenomenal motivator, and I, I think that it's clear that this team is playing hard for him. This team is understanding that they are young and building towards something. And just because you might not get the result on the scoreboard every week that you want, you know we're going to win more games than we have in the past couple of years, Mm. and we're going to look more competitive even in our losses than we have in the past couple of years. So I'm high on him. And as far as the defense is concerned for the Texans, I actually think right now that's their weakest link. I think the offense, with Stroud playing the way he is, is good enough to be like a seven-win team maybe this year. Their defense just has, yeah. their defense is nobody on that side right. of the ball. Will Anderson's their stud in the mm-hmm. making, but he's in the making. He's Again,
1: Derek Stingley is out, out for the he's year. He's not going
0: to play. Yeah. Um, those two are like their their that's their core right there. Stingley and um, Will Anderson. Stingley, I mean, that's kind of up in the air based on his status this year and last year, but. When it comes to the defensive side of the ball, as long as Will Anderson doesn't you know, show a fly I, I like to say that rookies, sometimes they'll give you three or four games in the season, their rookie season, where they'll show you what they look like in their prime four years from now. As long as Will Anderson doesn't do that in this game, there's nothing on the defense that threatens me uh, from Houston. No. And that's the next step that they need to take. I bet they dump a lot into that defense in the offseason. Uh, but the foundation is there. Mm-hmm. And D'Amico is starting to implement things that he used in San Francisco into his Houston defense now, the only difference is you don't have Fred Warner in the middle right. of your defense in Houston. Once they get the guys up to speed, I bet you that's going to be a pretty good defense. He's a hell of a defensive coach, but right now, that's the place I'm licking my chops if I'm the Steelers. I want to see the offense go out there and win this football game. I, I don't want to say the defense won you the game against the Raiders. Um, Offense made big plays, but... I think this is a definitive offense. Let's score thirty points. Let's win
1: this. Football I mean, you you could have you were th- right there at at the at the edge of thirty points. One more touchdown on offense, and you have thirty points, uh, which would have been great to see happen in week three when you know, go, dating back to last season, they only achieved thirty points twice all of last year. Once was in garbage time against the Bengals all the way, I believe it was the last week of November and then the very last week of the season against Baltimore. So definitely not something you want you want to wait that long again for a second year in a row to see thirty points and i'm I'm with you, Tom. I'd love to see thirty points. I don't think there's anyone in Pittsburgh that wouldn't love to see thirty points. I just don't know if they're a team that can consistently put up that thirty even even consistently against no even well, what I'm saying is even against these lesser defenses these these bottom tier defenses against the Raiders and against the Texans. I don't think they're a team right now. Maybe that could change by the end of the season. They don't seem to me right now a team that can take advantage of lesser defenses and have those big games. Again, we're not asking for 40, but 30 is not asking for a lot anymore in the NFL. Thirty, Every team is capable of putting up 30 points in the NFL. I mean, look at Arizona. They just beat <laughs> Dallas. Uh, what was the final score? 28-16. to 16. I mean, they were right there. I mean Miami put up 70 last week. If a team can put up 70, the Steelers can put up 31 time.
0: Oh yeah, the Steelers put up 30 last year. Uh, right, but again, it was again, the it was Bengals. It was a, a garbage yeah, a time garbage time and they were kind of But Mark on his show the other day actually brought up a good point like that was the one time last year you kind of saw the offense say, "We're going to get into a shootout with the Bengals." Like they're going to keep scoring, we're going to score right back. Like we're going to put up points and try to go back and forth with this team. Um haven't seen that really at all in other circumstances that they played teams that put up a lot of points on the board. And I don't think that's going to happen again this week against Texans. Uh, good offense potentially, but it's not there yet. And I don't think they faced the defense quite like the Steelers defense yet either to start this season. I know they went to Baltimore, but Baltimore is not as good as Pittsburgh on the defensive side of the ball. So I expect, you know, maybe a step up in competition for Houston in this game, but I just am so enamored with wanting the Steelers offense to have that Madden kind of game. That, like, 450, 500 total yard performance, four touchdowns and a field goal, five touchdowns even, picket throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, maybe one pick because you're slinging the ball all over the field, like... I get that I say that, and people will be like, Well, you're winning games. What's the matter with you? Who cares how you win? You won. I care how you win because it's not right now. Can you don't get have a sustainable, games, right? You don't have a sustainable games a regular way of winning. season mm-hmm. the way we're winning. But I don't have any confidence that you go to Kansas City or you go to Buffalo or even Cincinnati if they get things back on track and can put up 35 points while they put up 33 and you walk out of there with a win and a shootout. I, I need to start seeing that happen more in the regular season to give me the confidence that that'll translate into a playoff game against the big boys. You're not beating Kansas City 13 to 7, especially in Arrowhead, where you're most likely going to have to go. Right. It's just not going to happen. You're not going down to Miami. And I know last year you put up a defensive effort against them. You should have won if you didn't drop three interceptions. Right. But I think two was even better than he was last year. I think mm-hmm. McDaniel's even better than he was last year. And I think the Dolphins has upgraded as a team since last year. You're, you're not going to go down there and just, you know, 10 yards, cloud of dust, muddy, disgusting 10-3 victory against Miami. It, it ain't going to happen. So you can win your way defensively and have only a touchdown or two a game on offense to a 10-win record in the regular season. But there's like five or six teams that you can't do that against, and that's when you meet them all in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's not sustainable. Right. It's your defense can only do you so much. There's a reason there's only been two guys to ever win MVP on the defensive side of the football. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks just are too important nowadays. Offenses. I mean, even last, you know, people say, look, look at these high, high octane offensive. When you get to the playoffs, you know, they stop scoring. It's it's a different game. Well, didn't we just have the highest scoring Super Bowl in like the last mm-hmm. 25 years against between the Chiefs and the Eagles, so teams are finding ways to score a lot of points in the in the regular season and translate that into the postseason. Also, uh, I, I I just think that maybe you can eke by on ten wins with with some of these lesser opponents, and and because it's because of your defense that's holding those teams to, to fewer points. But like you said. You're not, you're most likely not going to win the division. So you're going to have to go on the road against a Buffalo or a Kansas City or Cincinnati or a Jacksonville who hasn't turned things around yet either. But presumably they will eventually. Do
0: you think Jacksonville or Cincinnati is more likely to turn it around? I got to say it's Cincy Cincy. just because I've seen
1: them do it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh. Regardless, you have to go on the road and beat those teams, and yet they're not going to say, "Oh, well, Pittsburgh's coming in to town, so we'll play Pittsburgh's games and, and yeah, beat them gonna, that way." Let's go back to the seventies now, right? Right? Run no, the football. you have to you have to go into their house and beat them at their own game. Well, look at the
0: playoff game, the last playoff game the Steelers were in. Great defense in the first quarter! Exclamation point is a TJ Watt touchdown. Mm-hmm. They're up seven to nothing, and then in and the blink of an eye, well, yeah. it was like twenty-one to ten by halftime because the Chiefs can score. Before you even know what hit you, and the problem was in that game, the Steelers' offense, while the defense was doing its job in the first quarter, was stalling out. It wasn't putting points on the board. Like that's when the Steelers needed to be up seventeen to nothing in that game to have any kind of a chance. Here, I I have the
1: box score from that game. Ready? Mm -hmm. Before they had before they had the fumble touchdown, they had a three and out, a three and out, a three and out. The Steelers' offense. The Steelers' offense. All the meanwhile, the defense was stopping the
0: Chiefs right, and forcing right. them
1: this, to punt. The this Chiefs, meanwhile, were going three and out, four plays uh, and punting away, an interception, if you remember. Yes. Uh, and then a nine play drive that ended in 30 yards and no points, and then the fumble touchdown. But the Steelers did three and out, three and out, three and out, five play drive punt, six play drive punt, and that They didn't capitalize. Right. No. And mm-hmm. that's
0: my point. You got to put up points because. In that game, the defense stopped the Chiefs like four times in a row. That's mm-hmm. that's immaculate. That's Herculean. Get points on the board because you know they're going to start to put points up in the second half. They're going to start their comeback. So you have got to see the offense take a big step forward now. The step forward against Vegas was good. I want to see an even more significant one this week. Just keep building towards that team that can compete in the playoffs, that can put points up. And get into a shootout. It's it's just not gonna happen the way that the old the old way anymore, mm-hmm. where you're just going to pound a team into submission. I mean, I think there's a like Jacksonville you might be able to do it against. That maybe. Cincy, maybe, because it's an AFC North team. But KC, Miami and Buffalo, they're just they're just gonna take a sledgehammer to you if you're not ready to score points with those teams.
1: Mm-hmm. And like you you mentioned Miami in that. You know, Miami's a much different team, even though not a lot of turnover happened in the off season. Just Tua looks like he's on a mission right now to kind of silence all critics of his, saying, "Oh, well, he can't, stay, can't healthy. stay healthy." But let's let's also put this into perspective: the Dolphins last year were three and O, right? And everyone was saying, "Look how good the Dolphins are! Look how good Tua is with Tyreek Hill there now in town." And then what happened? They went three to like three and three, then they went like seven and three, and then they became down to like seven and seven, something like that. They just had all these streaks. So we'll see about Tua, but I mean, <clears throat> it feels different when he puts up seventy points. So the last couple of years we've said the the top tier of teams has been Cincy, Kansas City, Buffalo, whichever order you want to go. Miami seems like the team that's right there. And last year we were saying, Oh, could it be Jacksonville? Right now, it seems like Miami is there. Jacksonville may be right below them, alongside like the Chargers, possibly. But they started the season 0 and 2. I just <clears throat> those top four teams to me, that's got to be the those have to be the teams that you go through. And again, they're not going to expect you to beat them at your own game. They're going to expect you to come into their house and put up some points.
0: Here's the Stroud number of the interception streak. He has 121 straight passes without an interception. He is the first rookie quarterback in history with at least 110 attempts and zero interceptions. So he has blown past that record and then some. And what also is incredibly impressive about Stroud, he is completing 76.2% of his passes on third downs. That is the second best in the league. League average is 62%, so 14% better than league average and the Steelers allow just a 57.6 completion rate on third down. So, defense actually doing a pretty good job making it almost a coin flip if you're going to, you know, make uh mm-hmm. completion or not on third downs, but 76% on third down. Yeah. That's true. That's not necessarily
1: saying they're going for first down. Like even
0: if he was like a 60% on third down, we'd be like that's really impressive for a rookie. This is Drew Brees. This is right. The you said
1: that's league. just his passing completion percentage. Not on third com- downs. Not that they're converting all those plays.
0: No, but still. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure i good. I chunk mean, of that any is getting quarterback converted. would
1: take a set at you know a 75% completion percentage.
0: I also like what Stroud said in the pregame. I guess this is just the C.J. Stroud episode, but he's the guy that I mean. We'll get to you know in this in a later segment. Um, guys who scare us on this team. He might be mine, but. When I look at C.J. Stroud and I, I worry about him affecting this game, you know he he talks with the poise of a quarterback too. He talked about Watt and Highsmith and how they're they're two dogs and you always have to be aware of where they are on the field. But he immediately brought it back to, but we have players too mm-hmm. and they have to worry about us too. And I am the ability to make play like I love that. I love that hearing that from my young quarterback. The reporters are trying to get you to talk up your opponent. You do so, and then on the other side of it, you talk. You up still your talk yourself to you. You talk up. Your right. You gas up your teammates. It's the
1: same thing that I brought up earlier this week, Tom, when Mike McCarthy said, "What do you what, what do you expect us to do in Dallas when all of our offensive linemen are hurt?" But D'Amico Ryan wah, said, wah, wah. "D'Amico Ryan said we have ball players on our team. Exactly, and those- we're not gonna we're not gonna just." List excuses as to why we're losing. Like
0: what's up with like the, so the one team in Texas who has right. the coach that's been around the block forever as the franchise, the quarterback who's a veteran, as the franchise um, who's
1: Super Bowl winning, our
0: line, it's just not up to snuff. And then the team that's trying to upstart themselves again with the rookie quarterback and the rookie head coach, those two are saying all the right things and gassing up their team. So, I mean, I'm not surprised with Dallas and shocking things being said out of there, but yeah, that's. That's the one. That's the wrong way to handle it, and the right way to handle it. Houston, you can see yeah.
1: both examples in the same exact state, mm-hmm. and just it's a good pairing too. D'Amico to Ryan's with C.J. Shroud, both both saying the right things, very at the very early stages of their professional. Career C J Stroud for the quarterback and D'Amico Ryan as a first-time head coach.
0: Here's one thing before we wrap up this episode that Houston is not doing well to help C J Stroud though. That's running the football. No, do you know
1: who their leading rusher is? Is it not? It's Pierce. But do you know how many yards he has through three games? A hundred yards through three games. So I undersold him,
0: but it might as well be like sixty-two. Yeah, he has not been, and he was good last year. Yeah, he was really good as a rookie. Yeah. Um, I think that he is still a good player. I don't think he forgot. No, I think it's the offensive play, line. They averaged the second lowest rushing yards per carry in the NFL. But the Steelers ranked 29th as far as allowing <laughs> rushing yards. But last week they did a lot better against right, the Raiders. Right, yeah.
1: And that's after Josh Jacobs had a really bad week the week before. I think he finished with negative yards for the Raiders the week before. And the Raiders weren't going to say, "Well, we're not just going to stop running the football." They still tried to, but the Steelers did a good job of shutting it down.
0: They had 386 rushing yards allowed in their first two games. The Steelers did just 69 last week in Vegas, and they only had a long of 10, which that was killing them too. The long runs, McCaffrey's, Chubb, Chubb and Ford, Jerome Ford, Ford, right run, right. So that has been really a killer for them. They got that out of their system last week, and the Vegas Raiders wanted to run the ball. They kept trying to run the ball, but the Steelers' defense was pretty stout as far as that's concerned. But, you know, the fact that Damian Pierce is first two games, 82 yards from scrimmage on 30 touches. And he ran the ball 14 times last week against Jacksonville. He just had 31 yards, Uh, three passes for 28 yards in the passing game. Uh, And Devin Singletary's not doing much either, the uh, signing from Buffalo Mm -hmm. in Houston now. I mean – 3.3 3.3 yards per rush against the Jaguars, and Pierce averages just .15 yards before first contact. So that is what tells me what your tells me that your hypothesis is correct, that it's the offensive line. If he's only averaging .15 yards per carry before his first contact, he just can't get to the hole. How does that it,
1: number compare to Najee Harris? I don't have that in front of me, yeah.
0: but I'm sure Najee is very similar to that. Probably not as bad, but very similar to that. But, yeah, that that shows that he just has nowhere to move. He has no running room. And I don't know if Pierce is as good as Harris is, by the way, at making those guys miss behind the line of scrimmage either. Like, Harris, Harris's career would look a lot worse than it is if he was a one touch and yum down kind of back. If he didn't make three guys miss behind the line of scrimmage – I mean, Jacob, last week against Vegas, he was an Angry Runs nominee. Right. On a play a game, uh, y- he getting a yard it, on it. I
1: thought it was a zero-yard game. Yeah, he was game. back in the yeah. line of scrimmage. But he's throwing
0: a right, Raider right, away. Right. He's stiff-arming another one. Like
1: if That it was, was a play at the end of the game, right, when they were juicing the clock, I think wasn't so, but it?
0: it, it if it wasn't for that ability with Nodge, he'd have an even worse right. start to his out. career. He would not have gotten to a No, yeah, But that's yards. why
1: you know he was so highly. T- he was physical. He, he wasn't. Make he miss. wasn't. Ju- I mean, we, I don't know. If a Pierce lot of people like point that. out his speed not being as big as acid. It's his strength.
0: I don't think Pierce is like that. I don't think. No. Well, I don't know if anybody's quite like that, other than like the top dogs in the league. But
1: like a chub. Or I think Henry. Pierce
0: needs his room to run, and if he's not getting it, then that's a problem. But I wouldn't be too discouraged if I was Houston because your line's been injured. And I would just keep telling myself that once the line gets healthy and they play a run of games together uh, as a unit the starting 5 does, we can hit the ground running with running the football again. We we have a good back. We did it well last year. Mm-hmm. Um and we need to do it because although CJ can take the pressure, you got to protect this guy. We got to keep the defense off balance. We can't right. just let them know that we're going to pass 40 times and tee off on our rookie.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, it's 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 just a shame because they do have this good young team with weapons everywhere, but that offensive line in Houston is just it's going to be their downfall until it gets healthy.
0: Until it gets healthy, yeah. And again, it might not even be their downfall because he's good enough, apparently. Yeah, well, you don't know, and and who, who knows?
1: D'Amico Ryan might be that good of a head coach to to game plan around it.
0: I will say this though: eleven sacks in the first two weeks, they were zero two. No sacks last week; they were they beat the Jags. I, I think if you get after, yeah, them, I think. Still...
1: I mean, talk about a a confidence booster for the season. I'm not going to say that they're going to turn around and win 10 games in a row, but what does that do for you as a franchise after being at the bottom of the barrel for so many years? The Jaguars seemingly are going to be that team to to take hold of the division lead for many years to come with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, but to not just beat them, but what was the final score of that game, 37-17? Oh, it was bad. And, you know, I, I
0: think it told us more about Jacksonville than Houston, but I still think it told us a little bit about Yeah,
1: that they have something there.
0: Like I said, Davis Mills doesn't probably win that game last year. No. No, no, no. But CJ Stroud, that is a completely different story. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about attacking CJ Stroud. I want to see a lot of pressure from the pass rush. I know he hasn't thrown in any interceptions. We'll talk about if we think that streak will end. And we'll also speculate if we see a little bit more of Joey Porter Jr. on the field this year. That is all on the way next here on the Steelers Standard. As I delay my voice so I can get the ad read up, <laughs> gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats and jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can find only from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. It's located at Accra Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. Or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Got plenty of more breaking down Houston and Pittsburgh next on the Steelers Standard.